0: Welcome to episode number 17 of Down the Rabbit Hole. Carl, how are you? I'm very well, Rafa. It's um, not a bad day outside today. Ha- have you noticed that we always start asking, uh, talking about how was, how is the day? Well, that's because it has I'm been worried. a rainy day. It has but been a snowy day. Now be- it's a but weird that's because day. It's because
1: I'm English and I have to talk about the
0: weather. Right? <laughs> Maybe because you have mentioned before that in Manchester it's yeah. everyday raining. Yeah. I'm have, just have, having all these diversities. I'm uh, just grateful he's not wrong. Uh, right? <laughs> uh, down the rabbit hole podcast, where we talk about science, science fiction, in a binary way. In the first episode, talking about science fiction uh, mysteries, uh, conspiracies, conspiracies, and so on, all the spooky stuff or funny stuff. Really? And in the second part, like today, we talk about the science. And in our episode today is the science of notch. Mm. So, notch, And for that, we have a special guest. <laughs> I was forgetting all that. <laughs> <laughs> and we have... There's another person in yeah. this ship, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and she's already, woohoo, it's me. <laughs> well, we have Elena Hurjui, which is the strategic partner of the uh, company Heraldist. Hello
2: Hello guys, hello gentlemen. Thank you for having me here. It's pick pleasure. me, pick uh, me, pick me. yes.: <laughs> you, you,
0: you. Now, we would like you to explain to us a little bit more what do you what exactly uh, the Heraldists do, and what is your job? And so we understand, or everybody understands, why are you here today?:
2: Well, it's been a, hard for me for the last 10 years to explain to my mom what I'm doing, so I'll try to be <laughs> as simple as I possibly can. So I'm working in advertising. I've been working in advertising for the last 10 years or so. Right now I'm running my own company after years of working in corporations. And I'm a strategic partner because I'm specializing in people behavior prior to advertising communication. So I basically dig into insights and how people think and how people behave. And I'm trying to link that towards the advertising messages which my brands or my clients brands are driving to the market pretty fun actually mm. and uh, we'll talk later on about <laughs> manipulation and we'll see how advertising runs the show from this mm-hmm. perspective yes it's shame aside it's, okay.
0: it's linked everything is comes together It's linked and let's start again with a little definition of nudge like we did last last week okay uh shall i do it this time Why why not? Why
1: not? Okay, well, um, nudge theory, or nudge as it's usually called, is a concept in um, behavioural science and political theory and economics, um, which through indirect suggestion tries to achieve kind of non-forced compliance with um, some... Thing that is trying to be changed, some form of behavior that is trying to be changed, and um, it can work on groups and individuals mm-hmm. and has become quite widely adopted now by governments around the world and yeah. of course the reason part of the reason why we have a guest today is that we want to try and get some insight into how it uh, may be being incorporated. Uh, either presently or in the uh-huh. future in yeah. uh, marketing and,
0: and advertising. Just to add one more thing to your definition, yeah. is that sometimes it's even more effective than the- force or legislation, you know, re- forcing, people. forcing people to do something.
1: That is, there have been many studies and mm-hmm. it's, um, it's been shown to be extraordinarily effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and without being kind of preachy,
0: People do seem to change their behavior. Mm-hmm. You have anything else to add, Elena, about the definition of notch?
2: No, I'm I'm fully with it. I, I'm usually simplifying it whenever I'm working in, in mm-hmm. on my projects. But basically, it's what Carlos saying, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. pushing people towards your desired response without them feeling that uh, the, the decision be be exactly belongs to somebody else. Yeah, they
0: think it's their decision, so it's already good. <laughs>
1: yeah, which is quite interesting.
0: Yes, and we can say that is actually manipulation. And there was a very uh, uh, interesting case that we mentioned last week. And we would like to show it to you as one of the examples of what can notch be about. Mm. So we have a lecturer, lecturer at a university and the students played on him. The notch, let's say. Half of the uh, students were paying attention, participating and so on with the teacher. While the other half were distracted and, you know, making fun, playing totally, totally off the class. This forced the teacher to start little by little switching and teaching half of the classroom without paying attention to the other half. Mm. And by the end, when he noticed that actually that was part of one of the experiments, comes a surprise. Yeah. Why? Because people don't like to be manipulated. Mm. And since Notch is a form of manipulation, and the worst is that you don't really notice that you are being manipulated. Exactly. <laughs> Although he did, in the end. Because he was told about <laughs> yeah. it. How do, you, how do you think they could get a permit to publish the results of yeah. that? But he probably felt pretty uncomfortable, I would have of thought. Of course. That. Who wouldn't? Exactly. Exactly. And you had another example
1: of Notch. Yeah, I had another example, which it was... Um, uh, carried out in it was a study carried out in Germany, and essentially it was uh, an experiment in a um, a toilet for men in an airport, and in order to um, increase uh, hygiene standards in the mm-hmm. in the toilet, they decided they decided to try and use a nudge technique and what they did was they installed urinals mm. with a a black fly eng- engraved <laughs> into the back of the urinal uh-huh. and what they found was something like an 18% improvement in overall hygiene simply because they gave the <laughs> men Accu- something to aim at. Acc- accuracy in the shooting. We, we as a species, right, our people, Rafa, you and I, our people, we are so easily entertained. It is unbelievable. Anyway, so that that is another example of uh, obviously bending people's behaviour in a very subtle way. It is manipulation, again, mm-hmm. and you can imagine that it doesn't always have to be something as entertaining as a, a dead fly in a urinal, right? and yeah. you, you and I both know that's entertaining, right? Yeah, everybody we will try to aim for it. We do, yeah. Um, but uh, it is manipulation, and I'm sure there's a, a dark side to it as well. No <laughs> doubt we will come to that. <laughs> but I believe um, Eleanor also has an example she'd like to share with yeah. us. Well, I'm
2: working in advertising, so I have a lot of examples. But coming back to your example with the flyer in the um, urinal, mm. just think for a second that we're paid a lot of money to create those things for those people to react yeah. to. So that's a fun job. You know, what's the brief today? We have to convince men to pee in a certain way. Yeah. So how do you do that? Put a fly in the urine urinal. that puff, That's a great campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, coming back to the manipulation story, because for me, that's a quite a sensitive term in advertising. It, it it doesn't always have the positive connotation it should have. And I do believe in manipulation, but in different shapes and sizes. So just to keep up the story, you know, with Mm -hmm. examples and so on, I have a a good one, which is quite recent. I think I saw it a couple of days ago. It's a wonderful campaign done in New York, a print campaign, not outdoor campaign, done for Mother's Day, because Mother's Day is approaching. It's not 8th Uh of March, like it's here in Romania. It's a different day there. So I think, like in any relationship, the mother manipulation is quite strong. So if your mom wants to make you feel bad or good about something she will know what to say
3: oh, yeah. so the purpose of the campaign
2: oh. <laughs> there we go the purpose of the campaign which is amazing is to attract i think is to attract attention towards the fact that mother day is coming
3: uh-huh.
2: so all those people who potentially you know own a mother should be quite, <laughs> quite sensitive interesting about
1: interesting use of language there.
2: <laughs> should be quite sensitive about this day coming up and it's a wonderful campaign uh, quite visible in new york with messages, mm. quotation marks uh, added, moms talking with their potential kids, you know, with their f- imaginary kids. And you find messages like this. I didn't go nine months without Chardonnay <laughs> for you to hate your job. So that's <laughs> the mom talking with the kid. Right. yeah.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And um, or I picked I'm sorry, I mean, I think I can use this in a, in a radio show. No, no bad words. I know I picked up yours you pick up theirs. And that's a print showing, you know, how to walk your dog in a park. So it's like common sense lessons mm-hmm. coming from moms mm-hmm. to kids just to draw attention onto the upcoming Mother's Day. Right. So that's a certain type of reinforcement. It is positive because mm-hmm. it has a humorous tone. Mm-hmm. So it's not meant to make the audience, in the, this case, the kids feel bad, feel mm-hmm. bad. You just, you know, you, you, you have a laugh. You call your mom and you said yeah. it's I saw something, mom. I think it's something you would say. Mm. I hear your, your mm. voice through that billboard. Yeah? Mm. So that's a certain manner of using manipulation mm. in advertising without people feeling bad, without people feeling like somebody is constantly telling them, call your mom because mm-hmm. mom's day is coming up. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Create a conversation mm-hmm. and people will do that anyway. Mm. And I think I had another, I think I had another reference years ago of a campaign who was also trying to remind kids that they should come home and visit more often than they normally do. Because mm-hmm. especially in USA, and not only, mm. in large countries, uh, yeah. kids are flying away from home, going to college, mm. moving mm. from one state to another, and so on. And the older they get, re- they rarely come home. Right. And there was a beautiful campaign, I think it was an airline company, was offering the chance to kids, to young professionals, let's say, to fly home to visit their parents. But the message, much like the New York campaign I was mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. was about parents sending messages to their kids. Like, look what I'm doing while you are away. Right? Look how the garden is blooming. And things like, look, I'm taking a walk with your dad. So all those things you might miss because mm-hmm. you are not here. Mm-hmm. That's positive manipulation. Mm-hmm. Because you can split it you, you, for the audience to be happy about it, you can say that it's positive manipulation and negative manipulation. Of course. Negative manipulation is politics in a certain extent. I will not go into that area, but you can find examples, mm. more examples to to force it. In advertising, and maybe later on we can talk about social causes, about mm. CSR, positive manipulation can change mentalities. Positive manipulation can bring some good to the people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So manipulation... Unlike the terminology which everybody feels in a certain way, manipulation can be good. Mm. Depends how you use it. And that's, yeah. you know, nudge theory is one way of looking at things. Advertising is talking with taking these theories and running them around. and uh, yeah. So
1: in a way, um, nudge the word, nudge, which is in this context, use in this context is not very old. Mm. It's quite a recent development. Uh, the use of the word nudge is actually an attempt, you kind of feel, is an attempt to disguise the manipulation, isn't it? So instead of calling mm-hmm. it manipulation, <laughs> they call it nudge, right? Nudge. And... And, but we all know what's going on underneath. Oh, no, that's
2: right? lovely. That, that's a good way yeah. of explaining manipulation and putting it in a shiny coat.
1: Exactly. It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So some good examples there.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and... Uh, There was a question that I asked Elena before we started Mm. recording and when we had our previous meeting was uh, about subliminal uh, messages in advertising Mm. and the relationship with notch.
2: That's a thin line there because I know we had some debates on it. Mm. Subliminal means a very strong type of manipulation. Means below awareness. B- yes. Below awareness. means something happens to you, you are you don't know that it is happening mm-hmm. to you, but you are making a decision. I do know that the nudge theory is associated manipul- with the subliminal messages and mm-hmm. advertising is, you know, invented subliminal messages.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But um, I think if we're talking about positive reinforcement, then subliminal might not be right in this context. Mm-hmm. It means that something happens to me Mm. through an advertising message or a politic message or a newspaper message or whatever, mm. without me controlling mm. the decision I'm making.
1: To be shown exactly. that message. Exactly. Uh-huh. And in fact, isn't the classic, I think probably when we say subliminal messages, I think the classic one that probably most people get in their heads is this one of a flashed message in a movie or something like that. You know, one millisecond there, a a frame, frame, a frame there. A frame, which was, of course, invented by um, propagandists,
0: obviously. Which is the other thing that I was about to say. If propaganda could also be the new... uh, The advertisement is the new propaganda.
1: Well, I I think we discussed and we've discussed before that my my take on, on, uh, shall we say, marketing... Is that it's marketing, propaganda yeah. with a three-button suit on? I mean, in the end, marketing. <laughs> Eleanor's laughing. <laughs> market, I'm, I'm, if this I is, had a penny, this is <laughs> for not each to, time I heard this. <laughs> I know, but it, it, it is in a way true, isn't it? It is. There, there, I realise I'm not serious, obviously, but totally. But there is there is a connection between propaganda and, and marketing, isn't there? But
2: well, look at the political campaigns from the last two years, mm-hmm. not 100 years. And look at how an important role marketing and advertising as a tool have played in uh, election campaigns. Mm. You can do college studies based on that, and it's fantastic. I mean, it, it's science. Mm. There's not something which you can put in easy words, mm. like manipulation, for example, or buttoned up and so on. It's actually it's science. Mm. So, because of the evolution of media and the evolution of information, there is not a, we cannot say anymore that you know marketing is one thing and politics is one thing and science is another. Mm. They all go together. They're all aspects they're, 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 of the same thing. Exactly, it? they're serve, serving different purposes, mm. but quite interwin intertwined, mm. uh, intertwined. I'm sorry. So, yeah. You can, you can simplify marketing, but in essence, it's everywhere, everywhere around us. It's of not course. about a coke ad. It can be about a political election.
1: Mm. Or a social issue. Or,
2: or a social issue. Or yeah. calling your mom for
1: Mother's Day.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you consider that nudge seems to be easy, but in the end the impact can be big?
2: I think, I mean, I love the term nudge. When Mm -hmm. I first uh, got a hold of it, uh, it took a while to comprehend it, not to understand the meaning of it, but Mm -hmm. just to, you know, absorb it. But the more I thought about it in uh, relation with marketing and advertising, I started to like it. Mm. And I loved your comparison that nudge is the new manipulation, actually, or Mm. however Mm -hmm. we're calling it. And I think uh, the theory itself has the potential to quite change some behaviors. Mm. Because the basis of the nudge theory... It's very human-scientific-based, human, human scientific based, you Definitely. know? So there's not something which is uh, ultimately an innovation. Mm. It's human observation, like, you know, mm. happened times before. You just have to know what to do with it. And I will give you an example from a completely different area of, mm. uh, of, this, of science and psychology. It's micro-expressions. I spend quite a lot of time researching about micro-expressions. For me as an advertiser... Okay, it's also a personal thing. I'm trying to understand how people react to different stimulus. And micro-expressions is those little flickers of your you know, mm-hmm. face mm-hmm. or hand or shoulders, mm-hmm. whatever, like a fraction of a second whenever you are exposed to a certain stimulus. You know, like somebody talking with you, a message, and so on and so forth.
1: And you can't control them. Can
2: you, you cannot control it. Mm-hmm. You don't know that it's happening. Mm-hmm. And only a science person or somebody who knows how to, to work with, like mm-hmm. Paul Ekman, who knows how to work yeah. with micro-expressions... Mm-hmm can take the knowledge out of this.
3: Mm.
2: So the information is there, including for the nudge theory, the information was there. Mm. The way that it was um, placed in words, that it's uh, correlated to emotions and things like that, that's what makes it, you know, revolutionary in a certain way. Mm. And I'm looking at advertising and I'm talking about, you know, Western advertising because it still has needs some time to develop in advertising, the nudge theory, I mean. It's already embracing it. Mm. Because basically what Nudge Theory does for advertising, from my point of view, is to summarize what was already there from a marketing standpoint. Mm. How to convince people to do something without pushing the wrong buttons mm. and without making them feel like the decision is Not exactly pushed. So just to be frivolous about it, it's like the relationship between a woman and a man. Mm-hmm. You know that a smart woman always says that I will do it my way, but he has the feeling that he's doing his way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how the Nudge Theory works. Mm. I'm not trying to be feminist here or whatever. It's just, you know, the traditional way of seeing things, you know. He will always say that he's doing his way, but I know I'm actually pushing him from behind to do it my way. Mm. So it's a soft manipulation, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. It
1: is a soft manipulation, right. I feel manipulated right now.
2: <laughs> I- I'm betting my lashes and things happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, very interesting. But uh, I would also like to uh, mention mm-hmm. that, of course, nudge does have its critics, and certain um, um, people are saying that um, although Nudge does appear to achieve quite uh, startling results, Uh what uh, people are saying is that we don't really understand what the long-term effects of Nudge is, and that we may not be able to maintain these um, effects Mm -hmm. um, over a period of time. Although obviously they're not offering an alternative. (laughs) (laughs) You have something to say, but uh,
0: if you are convinced that was your decision Mm. and you make a change, let's say, based on nudge and you you know, or you think, you know, it's your decision. You believe, you believe it's your decision. Mm. Uh, it's like any other de- decision that you make in your life. You might regret it later, yes. but in the end it was your decision. Yes, I know. But if it is
1: your government
0: that yes, is manipulating only you or if, nudging you. if it's leaked or it's known that they are nudging yes. you. If you don't know that they are nudging you. I agree. It's still your decision and it's your own decision. But the worry, the concern obviously
1: must be um, if we are, we know we're being nudged, right? We uh-huh. know that. Who is making the decisions about what what to nudge is about, <laughs> in, and uh-huh. and obviously there is the public-facing um, nudging that's going on. Where, for example, in the UK we have a nudge unit actually yeah. in, the, uh-huh. in the in the uh, it's a government agency with 150 people in it or something, and they have made some quite amazing. Uh, come up with some quite amazing results. Um, and what they do is a matter of public knowledge. But there could be, you know, the Black Ops version as well,
0: where we don't get to like know. we always say,
1: double edged sword. It's always a double edged sword, right?
0: And while researching about Notch and this thing of decisions and so on. You haven't been on that internet. In, have you? in the articles, I found something very interesting and funny. It seemed funny to me at least. Uh, The description of the job that was making the article and was interviewed. Mm -hmm. You know what his job is? The title is Decision Designer and Behavior Builder. Wow. Decision Designer. Wow. That sounds uh, sounds a bit science fiction. Yeah.
2: Well, it sounds fancy, but it sounds uh, fancy, fancy, but I can see where it's coming from. So...
1: Yeah. We we can see exactly what it is, but go on.
2: There we go. No, I was thinking about this. Uh, how they are called in UK? You were mentioning earlier. It's called the Nudge Unit, right? That's the new uh-huh. name. Because they're something about it, and I see that it's actually expanding to USA. Some uh, of the programs they did are going o- there.
0: Obama has in his administration. They're now calling it behavioral steering team or something.
2: Behavioral uh-huh. insights team.
0: That's the one.
1: See,
2: so another fancy name, but they're yeah. called the Nudge Unit. So. Yeah. The, uh, Coming back to Rafa's guy, he will get a, a nickname soon. after. Soon you know, probably. He will yeah. show his mom the Short business minute. card and mom will say, what you're doing?
1: I'm the, you know, I'm the top nudger. That's <laughs> Never know. Director
0: of nudging. I'm the one who's making you eat, drink Coca-Cola.
1: Yeah. <laughs> As you're
0: holding the can. Yes. <laughs> By the way, Coca-Cola, you should have sponsored this show today. Uh, well. <laughs> we will send you the checks soon. Yes. <laughs>
2: I know some people who know some people so we can handle this.
0: Uh, no, yeah. sorry. No. We will accept the checks. We will not send the check. I
1: have been nudged.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> you only believe, you only believe you've been nudged, That's Give really... money to Coca-Cola. Right. right. See? You see there? She worked it out.
2: <laughs> well I, I worked for them for years, so it's okay. Yeah. In- insert brand here. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's my turn now yeah okay
0: because you've so, got some other interesting topics to talk about
2: um, yeah I was I was thinking about what Carlos uh, was saying that the nudge theory is seen as a short term mm. short term uh-huh. action
1: uh-huh. And, well there's no there's no well, there yeah. been well, we, no long term studies
2: I know but you know if this uh, conversation would have happened 50 years ago I would have been worried because it's very hard to evaluate how certain actions yeah. evolve mm. but uh, today nowadays the access to information is so wide, it's mm. so easy to get. You just have to know what to do with it. Mm. So what I would expect from the Natch theory, because it's quite a young theory, mm. yeah. is sooner rather than later to be, to be able to be quantified, mm. its effect to be quantified. And then coming back to what I was mentioning before, that the evolution of media and the evolution of technology and the evolution of mobile has given us either marketers or science people or politicians, access to so much information. And if uh, 10 years ago people would uh, uh, try to interpret data to Mm. find some basic information about their consumers, today it's so easy to go in-depth towards what Uh, your audience is. really in-depth, like Facebook scary in-depth. It's very scary. Well,
1: there's also the examples of like uh, Google, for example, where they build up word pictures they can actually measure sentiment of people yeah. by analyzing what the what people are searching for on a on a any given subject or any given geographic area they can actually come up with mm-hmm. a sentiment measure for that population just yeah. based on big data science right and this is this is the big this is the big thing now isn't it is um that the depth of data is so enormous Mm -hmm. that, as Eleanor says, it is just a matter of finding the right smart data scientist to tease out the thing that you want and potentially a fortune awaits you.
2: So coming back to the nudge theory, Mm. if... I, I'm a strategic person, so I look into data. And uh, after so many years, I learned how to filter data because mm-hmm. sometimes people are biased. So if you go into yes. a research focus group and you ask people three questions, they will lie because mm. everybody lies. Mm. So you have to filter to always come back and use different techniques yeah. to find out the right mm. data. So it's not only about the big brother, you mm. know, to somebody surveilling whatever, you know, your search history looks like or your clothing preferences look like and so on. It's also about talking with people, mm. trying to understand their consumer behavior in-house, when go to shopping and so on and so forth. So all this data, which is more and more, every day you receive more and more data. As a planner, I get so much data from my consumers, you have to know how to filter it mm. and do a very individualistic profiling. Mm. And that's gold. Mm-hmm. Because once you as a brand or a politician or you know a social cause know, understands how your consumer, your potential consumer behaves, mm. then you can drop in with the nudge theory or with blunt manipulation or with some libinal messages mm. or with direct messages and so on and so forth. Because in essence people do have similar behaviors, which are uh, uh, alter, altered
3: mm-hmm.
2: by different variables. Mm-hmm. And there is a study which was done some years ago about how people perceive advertising whenever they are going on the street. So if you, right now you go on the street, in the center of the city, you'll see a mm-hmm. lot of billboards, mm-hmm. different messages. And the experiment placed a camera, a small camera on a, a cap or a head or whatever of a passerby yeah. and they were monitored like, for 24 hours. Trying to understand mm-hmm. how much Advertising message on your daily routine, you can actually retain while walking on the street. Mm. And the result was fantastic. 2%. Imagine that. You get out of the house and your brain retains 2%. 2
1: Not my brain.
2: Your brain probably even less because you're probably, you know, you're just, you
1: know... I'm in a, day daydream. You're, I'm in you're, a daydream. you're in denial.
2: <laughs> so, which means that 2% of the brands... Are efficient. Ninety-eight percent of the brands are throwing money on the window. Mm. So wow. when a theory like not, yeah, I know, it's wow. Mm. Think that out of those ninety-eight uh, mm. percent, some of them are your, your clients, and you because know, you're theory. being bombed
0: because you're, you're bombed no, with advertising it's, it's, your it's, way.
2: It's, that's one thing. The yeah. other thing is, and that's a mistake which you are sometimes making. Often, actually, people, normal people, don't think in advertising. Normal people are going out from the house at 7 a.m., taking their kids to the kindergarten, talking on the phone, going to the office, buying groceries, going to the movie, picking the kids back and so on. So regular people actually don't think about advertising. They think about their normal lives. Mm -hmm, mm. So as a brand or a politician or a social cause to apply the nudge theory and make people in their daily routine to think they made a decision about something, that's a big hit. Mm. So to, to step into that 2%, with an advertising message or an election message, then you are there.
1: But I suppose nudge doesn't bring anything to the. As you say, people go out and they're bombarded with all these messages on billboards, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're getting at, what you're saying is that very few actually of those messages actually are Work. perceived mm-hmm. by people. They just literally do not see them. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, So, really, how does nudge? Help in that people are in a daze most of the time, actually. Mm-hmm. So using nudge in your billboard message isn't n- the 2% still applies, doesn't it?
2: I think for me, nudge would help from a creative standpoint. Mm-hmm. So if I know that people um, uh, people's attention is quite fragmented sure. during a the day, mm-hmm. then I need to mm-hmm. draw attention in a smart way. Mm. That comes, I mean, good creative will draw attention. And I'll give you an example. I mm. think it was a couple of years ago, an worded ad from Heineken or Carlsberg, which did the most simple thing in the world. It's something which all creative people probably said, I would, I wish I have thought about it, <laughs> which was a billboard in the middle of some city,
3: mm-hmm.
2: blank, with just a beer tap at the bottom of it saying, have a beer. Mm. The beer tap was actually working, so you could pass by the beer ad, have a glass, Feel up. fill up, and move on.
1: Where is that? Where, where is that? I was good. Rafa and I are convinced, aren't we? Yes, <laughs> sold.
2: Yeah. There you go. You haven't yeah. even seen the billboard, and you already bought into the brand. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so easy. Give mm. people beer. Don't do sampling. Don't be promoters, you know, in skimpy dresses. Don't try and be clever. Don't try to be clever. What do people want when they're drinking beer? They want to drink beer. They want
1: a beer. (laughs) The beer itself. Mm -hmm.
2: So, yeah, I would... I mean, uh, right now I'm thinking out loud because I haven't thought Mm -hmm. about the nudge theory in this 2% until the conversation today. But the more I think about it, I think it will help the creativity. Right. Because from a strategic standpoint, and that's my job, if I know that there are better chances for my consumer to react to an ad if I'm telling, if I'm nudging him, if I'm mm. pushing From him this, slightly, yes. exactly then I have a chance to be in the 2% yeah.
0: or like some brands that uh, break their campaign into parts mm. in the first one they are nudging and in the second one they are
2: fully delivering
0: uh-huh. everything, mm. and they have <laughs> more heat.
1: I suppose what I w- was thinking about, just I'm, I'm probably going on about this a bit too much but um, if people only perceive 2% of the messages that they're being given, let us say, walking down the street. The 2% that they do perceive, what is the success rate of those messages without nudge? What is the success? Well, how is it measurable?
2: It is. It is measurable. It's usually correlated with uh, different other data. So mm-hmm. basically... What every client wants
1: mm-hmm.
2: is to sell more. Yeah. Yeah. Make money. So if I mm-hmm. see a Coca-Cola ad on the street, I want to sell more Coca-Cola or mm. Mars bars or you petrol were, or whatever.
1: You were saying Coca-Cola a suspicious number of times, actually. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: You see? Because, you see. Uh,
2: because we talked about Coca-Cola before yeah. and because I'm thinking of coca I think they are the,
0: one of the biggest and the first ones to start to use a lot of these uh, influencing people over the brand mm. with their theme musics in the 60s, 70s. An uncle of mine used to work for Coca-Cola when oh. I was little vice president, something in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And every Christmas was coming with his uh, LP, you know, recorded from the Coca-Cola theme of the year, <laughs> every Aww. Christmas, and we were getting a, a copy of it. And, you know, there are a lot of things related to the branding of Coca-Cola that tells you that they have been there doing smelled, this since right? long, long time ago. The lyrics and things, although they were very criticized from one of the last videos where they were showing, um, they had this campaign about helping people in remote regions. Mm. And they did, did this campaign also in Mexico where they were showing how rich and, uh, let's say, wealthier people were mm. going to help people uh, uh, poor people, and they were giving them to drink (laughs) (laughs) Coca-Cola. I will not comment on that. (laughs) Coca-Cola as aid, is that the... uh, (laughs) And of course, they were supposedly building like a house or something, but... They were focusing the big difference of uh, yeah. they could really do with a well. Let's say, but they were giving them go- go. quite white skin and wealthy and uh, poor yeah. people and darker right. skin. Right, right. Uh,
2: okay. <laughs> well, in their defense and in any brand, big brands' defense, it's very hard when you are such a monster of a company yeah. to not, you know, not screw up, but you know, lose yeah. fall side of, uh, of it sometimes. Yeah. I, I think
0: but. they fall in the stereotyping a bit of um, well, a, ads sometimes. I suspect
1: a company like Coca-Cola Cola and like several other brands are damned if they do and then damned if they don't. For example... They, they literally can't do anything right. Do really. you
0: know, for example, why the ads of Mac versus PC were so successful? Because instead of uh, like every Microsoft uh, commercial were showing people, you know, in the office uh, suits and so on, Mac was showing such a relaxed guy, you know, yeah. the her messy casual clothes yeah. and um, appeal more to the normal regular people than mm. PC, more mm. like the office guy, your work, relating it to your work, to your...
2: Uh, A stressful situation. Exactly. People don't want to think about work when you're prompting an uh-huh. idea of the work. Mm. But it's very interesting you said that because um, I think you might know the archetypal theory of Jung. Uh-huh. Jung defined uh-huh. 12 archetypes like 100 something uh-huh. years ago which are currently used in cinematography and literature, and you know any kid recognizes an archetype without knowing how it's called. So Gandalf is a you know the sage guy. Harry yeah. Potter is a hero. Fact, Darth Vader yeah. is the and so on and so forth. So, well,
1: everybody falls into these exactly. Archetypes, so
2: archetypes right? is yeah. it's like the same with humor with humans. You know, you have uh, whenever somebody tries to define you as a character, they usually use one word. You know, he's you know he's usually an optimistic or he's a rebel. Of course, everybody has different other descript- descriptors, characteristics, characteristics mm-hmm. but usually there is one dominator, and that's the mm-hmm. same with brands. Mm. So, coming back to Coca-Cola, but I will slowly move out of the <laughs> sparkling drinks. I don't know why we got stuck with this. Coca-Cola, for example, is an innocent brand. That's one of Jung's archetypes. Because the, the theory says yeah. the following, an archetypes archetype, a profile, responds to a universal and fundamental human need. Mm -hmm. Universal means that it's valid all across time and geography. So the need for a young mom to protect her kid is the same now as it was 500 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's universal. And it's a fundamental need because it's a strong need. Mm -hmm. So the need for me to go out and have a cigarette is not a fundamental need. Mm -hmm. But the need for me to be protected that's fundamental. And that's the basis of the Jung theory. And mm. that's what big brands like Mars, for mm. example, is, are working with. Mm. And Coke is the profile of an innocent brand because what they discovered or what they owned across their years of communication, and it's a lot of years of communication, was that people want to believe in good. Mm. People want to believe that the world is a better place. That it's filled with love,
1: or it can be a better
2: place. and it can be, a, or mm. it can be a better place. So that's why all the advertising you'll see from Coca Cola mm. is is very pure. Is you know people loving each other, mm. young kids, families around the table, Christmas carols, and Santa Claus, and so on and so forth.
3: Mm.
2: On the other, on the other side, going back to Google, for example, Google mm. is a library. Mm. So people are going to Google because they want to find out information about something which makes Google a sage. right? So it will advise you, it will not, you know, change your life, Mm -hmm. but it will offer you whatever information you need. It's like Gandalf from Mm -hmm. Lord of Mm -hmm. the Rings or Dumbledore from
1: Mm. Harry Potter Potter and Mm -hmm. so on and so
2: forth. So this theory helps a lot in defining what the brand profile is. Mm. But, and that's the trick, and and that's the beauty of it, actually, not the trick, because they identified what the product, which in many cases is a very simple product, a tire is a tire, a soda is a soda.
3: Mm.
2: They identified what is the need, not the functionality, Mm -hmm. but Mm. the need Mm -hmm. of the audience is. Some people want to discover the world. There you have Google. Some people want to believe in good. There you have Coca-Cola. Some people want to feel leaders. There you go, Mercedes. Mercedes. So that's the smart way of doing archetypal mm. advertising mm. and archetypal
1: marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so nudge, right? Mm-hmm. So we know we know that it is being more and more widely used by our governments. Mm-hmm. Eleanor has come up with a number of examples of potentially how. It's probably already being used in marketing, is being used in marketing. Mm-hmm. But do you feel that it is still early days in potentially the advertising world and that potentially it is big data and things like that that are going to drive this increasing use of nudge type mm-hmm. technology? For sure
0: there's more to come on it.
1: Absolutely. And do you think it is do you think it is a concept or a theory? that almost needed the internet age to exist for it to fully blossom into whatever it's going to end up being?
2: I honestly think that the Nash theory existed before. Of course it Before did. data exploded. Of course. I do think that it was more present in uh, uh, politics. Mm. And then mm-hmm. it became present in advertising. But
1: it's never been properly codified before, Exactly. It, it no. was not yeah, spoken defined. in words. It was not defined. Like, nobody kind of wrapped it up as yeah. a concept, yeah. didn't
2: they? So I'm sure that examples of nudge theory mm. existed 100 years of ago. Of course. If, <laughs> if advertising is so old and politics are so old, and mm-hmm. I'm just selecting two areas, because I'm sure nudge is present in other mm. sections as well, then it existed. Mm. For sure... Um, information and the, the evolution of media helped the nudge theory rise up
3: mm.
2: and started to be defined. And because there, are, there is so much change in the media landscape, mm. people do feel the need to reinvent tools or to invent tools.
1: Evolve tools. Evolve. And to
2: evolve. Sometimes it's actually, no, actually that, that, that's a manipulation in itself maybe because the tool was already there, right. but it was not properly put up in words. Yeah. So right now, that, you know, it's defined and it's easier to grab and say, okay, I'm working already with this and I'm using it like this and so on and so forth. It's, it makes sense. But otherwise, it was there already in different shapes and sizes. Coming back to how fast it evolves related to advertising or related mm-hmm. to politics, mm-hmm. I think it depends a lot on the, um, uh, on the territory.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because I'm sure that in uh, USA... Western Europe, mm. in both advertising and social and um, politics, it's already there. I think it's already in the books. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not called like this, but it's already used as a specific tool, as a scientific tool,
3: mm-hmm.
2: going towards East or other markets. And of course, it it, it brings uh, different shapes and sizes. That's one. That's the territory. The other, the other criteria I would look into it is um, cultural profile. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you, I will give just a reference. South America, South American countries are doing amazing advertising. It's one of the best I've seen in, in my life. It's very emotional. Mm-hmm. It's so emotional that you cry. You see pieces of, you know, 30-second ads. and They're so nice and they're so, you know, coming from the heart that you buy into the story. And I'm sure it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Because
0: it, it is what I was about to say. That's uh, part of what uh, the Latin American culture is a lot of about the feelings the, right. the familiar emotion stuff and it's emotion right. mm-hmm.
2: it does come from a cultural background, and it would be so easy and so idealistic for me as an advertiser to say okay it's you know it's your latino emotion mm-hmm. surfacing, but from a scientific point of view, it's smart manipulation oh of course it's of course. <laughs> so it's so it's so it's so deep. And so unjudgeable Mm. that you can only bow and say, okay, I want to do that. I want to...
1: So it's, kind of, re- Cry my so it's kind of reaching deep into yeah. the psyche of the it's individuals. You know,
2: hard brain, you yeah. know, crying guys. Pulling
1: and those levers. Yeah. The mm-hmm.
2: but, but that's very cultural specific. So mm-hmm. it's something which Nordic countries will never be able to replicate. Same way as, for example, Australia and New Zealand, in terms of communication, they have a completely different tone of voice. They play humour, the humour card. Mm. Humour is also uh-huh. a very powerful tool in advertising mm. and in nudge. It's so, you have to be brilliant to place the nudge prospect into humorous advertising. Exactly. Nobody wow. will discover it. Mm. So, yeah, that's people will react. Yeah. That's a very hard one because in emotional advertising, like South America is, I can find it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you
0: can understand how they are trying to manipulate you with, exactly. to try to get humor. Or to give, yeah.
2: And because new age and new media means shareability, mm-hmm. so whenever I'm seeing a piece of advertising or a piece of communication, the value of it increases if I share it, mm-hmm. if I give it to my friends, right. if I comment on like it. Like a meme. Mm-hmm. Exac- uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then. To be able to do a smart piece of advertising, either mm-hmm. funny or emotional, but based on the nudge theory, mm. that means to be a smart creature. So, person. do you,
1: do you think the combination of nudge and humor is kind of like the secret source that may trigger? Could could huge, be a powerful one, a very powerful tool.
2: Could be a powerful one.
1: Yeah, interesting that, isn't it? Yeah. We're all sat here thinking now. <laughs> <laughs> Trying
2: to come up with that mm-hmm. next smart uh, radio yeah. ad or print. failing
1: because, uh, <laughs> because, again, you're you're right in that, um, obviously, we understand the concept of memes like a, yeah. a viral idea. Mm-hmm. And this concept of something going viral is a common commonly used term these days. And clearly, I suppose, for an advertiser or a marketeer to actually come up with something that becomes viral or becomes a, a meme, a social meme, uh, is kind of like the Holy Grail, isn't it? There you go. Because people do the advertising for you.
2: 2%. 2%. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing which I find interesting, because, I mean, I'm talking about advertising because that's my major, mm. but it's not only about advertising. Mm-hmm. Look at Apple.
1: Uh, if we must. We, well, <laughs> we have a long-running debate You know, Apple.
2: Take your pockets out and see what Apple you have inside. <laughs> and Apple came up a couple of years ago, a few years ago, with um, a technology called uh, iBeacons, which mm-hmm. was embraced uh, later on by other companies. So mm-hmm. for those who don't, mm-hmm. do not know, so I'll just uh, mm-hmm. try to explain it as a homo, non of that I am. Beacons are some devices which are usually placed in store, in retail. Mm-hmm. And if you are downloading a beacon application, you can pass by that particular place and the brand can send you a promo message, mm-hmm. and a special offer, the invitation to visit the brand environment, and so on and so forth. Currently, Apple, if I'm not uh, wrong, has this beacon technology in most of their USA Apple stores. Yeah. Because whenever you are passing by one, even if your intention is not to go inside one, mm-hmm. Apple will just ping you on the mobile phone and say, listen, I have some goodies for you. Right. So that's an example of the nudge. Mm. But it's a technological example. Advertising mm. just comes... From the back, trying to, you know, saying, Hey, I'm here, I'm here, consider me. And that technology not- is
1: called push technology, isn't it? I, I, it? I think so. The actual delivery mechanism of mm, yes, it is push, push technology because
0: yes. you are not asking for it, it arrives. But It's like when you check emails, you know, when you yeah, get the yeah. push or no, apps that give
1: you notifications, it's push. But this beacon stuff, you have to buy into it as a consumer, don't you? Because you have to install the app. Yeah. I
2: know, but you know, on the other hand, people are installing so many apps today, which are they're not using. I mean, so I th- I, th- I think the issue today is not to convince people to install an app, is to use the app. Yes. And I think I was talking with some PPC experts, which I'm working yeah. through in my company, and they're saying, I can convince people to download the app, mm. but make them use it and yeah. to use it. So with the Beacons, that's a, sm- that's a smart thing. Mm. You install the app, I can convince you to install the app. Mm. But if the brand you are passing by, the brands you are passing by, don't bring up relevant messages, you just have one an, one other app throughout your million apps from right. your Apple iPhone. <laughs> so technology in nudge, that's actually one other example uh, I wanted to build up. Mm. It's not only advertising or politics, mm-hmm. it's science, you know, it's just mm-hmm. devices who are plugging into this
0: theory. Well, this is an evolution from, first of all, uh, RFIDs and NFC and so on.
1: So I would just like to, because obviously we're going to run out of time at some point, but I'd like to touch on, obviously we've talked about nudge being used by governments to um, modify behavior in subtle ways. Um, We've talked about its use in marketing and its potential growing use in advertising do we think there is a dark side
0: to nudge?
1: I think there's always be used a dark side. to do evil?
0: Mm, I think everybody's uh, able to be manipulated to do evil. Mm. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, nudge in itself is not evil, it's a tool. Whatever you put mm-hmm. exactly. behind the nudge can have the potential to change the world.
1: It's the tool user. Right? Or to destroy the world. Oh. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't want to sound apocalyptic right now, but whatever is connected to manipulation yeah. can go either way. Oh. Problem is that you'll not be able to easily filter what is good or what is bad. Exactly. So if I was to draw a conclusion to, from my point of view to this nudge theory, I would say the following. You can use manipulation to change the world Mm. I would love to see how the nudge theory evolves in social, in CSR. That's that's my area of personal interest. And CSR is? Yeah, it's a co- corporate responsibility. Okay. So I would love to see campaigns, you know, Donate Blight, Save a Life, Feed the Kids in Africa, all the things which a lot of brands mm. are fighting to collect money for, to collect aid and so on. I would love to see the nudge theory mm. applied from, a, you know, organizational or advertising or marketing point of view to solve problems to solve problems exactly mm. that's the type of positive manipulation mm. where innovation and science and data can bring together to, can come together to bring value
1: so in a way we have to accept that we're always going to be manipulated always our mom manipulates us it always. starts yeah. in yeah. the womb i suspect mm-hmm so but it's a matter of
0: this thing remind me the lyrics of one song mm-hmm. uh, so he's not going to sing it. no say something like yes is the word to everything to pain to torture to war and destruction yes is the word to everything to liberty to sweetness to peace and construction choose make up your mind before after is no more wow wonderful That's uh, more or less what you were asking because somebody can nudge you to say yes to something, but you are actually, you know, choosing pain, choosing destruction, choosing something that, you know. Yeah. Think about, for example, all the nudging that has been happening with uh, refugees. Mm, I agree. And uh, and with. uh, That is political nudging. Yes, that's political
1: nudging and of course we've got and a racist acts we've got a similar thing in the UK at the moment with obviously we have this vote coming up at the uh, end of the uh-huh. June to whether we stay in the uh, and, European and Union and and they or tell not. you something like
0: are you willing yourself to let this happen well what is fa- would you like this to happen to you
1: what is fascinating for me is if you read british media and particularly the bbc obviously the bbc is a very big news provider um, and it's free, um, and they are huge. I think it's something like the sixth most powerful news website globally as a as a website. Um, it has been quite fascinating for me, kind of take trying to take a detached view of how they are pushing the messages, and they are clearly pro uh, staying in and. It is really interesting to look at how they're framing the articles that they're having on the BBC website. and I'm sure they will deny it, but it's pretty obvious when you look at it mm-hmm. um, that there is a huge attempt at manipulation going on there. And I, somebody said to me, which way do you think it's going to go? And I, I actually said, <laughs> whichever group seizes the psychology of the moment will win the vote, yeah, and I suspect there's a lot of nudging going mm-hmm. on, a lot,
2: which only you see and a couple of other people because you spend time thinking about this. Most people embrace media information Blindly. the way it comes. Actually, Not we, we just consume. We, we
0: discussed that in the previous show as well. We mentioned a little bit about this, mm. especially channels that have 24-hour news. Oh, yeah, and when there's a big news, they usually have one show for their debate. And then create certain atmosphere and certain opinions about something, mm. and then they present the news based on the debate they had. <laughs> sure. This guy says this, 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 like that, like that, and they're starting to influence people, nudging them about what to think mm. about certain news, and that's a manipulation well, on the media. Well,
1: again, the BBC website, which I don't know whether either of you really look at the BBC news website, but sometimes I, yes. I am convinced that. Um, they are potentially on a daily continuous basis watching through analytics what articles related yeah. to this vote in June are people clicking on and they are pushing and how them. long are they staying on that page and And they're the, pushing them in the front page, loading them yeah. first. Yeah and they the man- choose what media to be loading. And they're there. manipulating the articles, I think, based on Oh, of course. Rates, how long you're on the page, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Where is it your. They can see what are the your IP is- address, where your geographic location is.
0: You know, it's just. A- Yeah, just like entry points, exit points are also very interesting. You you almost feel you're being groomed, right?
2: (laughs) It goes actually deeper than that. That's just, you know, surface profiling, because actually they will start looking at keywords. What are the words which are repeating from one message to another? Those are the Mm preeminent words. So use the right powerful word, and look at politicians and electoral Mm -hmm. campaigns, with one, yes I can, Mm. will change masses.
3: Mm.
2: Like we said, yes is the word.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes to what is very, the question. Very nice song, actually. But
0: <laughs> so that's what, it for today. We're done. Do Anything think? else that we would like to add here, Elena? No, I think I'm fine. That's Thank it. You would you, for
1: like, us, would you yeah? like to say hello to anybody before we go?
2: Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm usually sitting behind the scenes, you know, looking at people, not talking with them, mm-hmm. not saying hi to mom. So <laughs> I should call my mom because Mother Day, you know. Yeah. Ah,
1: there you go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah.
2: No, joking aside. Thank you for for having us, having
0: not, me here. Thank you. It's been very interesting. It has been extremely interesting. It's, it was um, great. And we
1: could probably talk a longer. What, what, I would su-
2: what I would suggest, not now, but a few months from now, mm. I would take a look at what happens in the USA elections and then a UK. Mm selection, and I will rethink the Nudge Theory, trying to see as a more specific case study. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah.
1: It would be yeah. nice to come back and revisit this. Uh-huh. Totally. Totally. Well, totally.
0: Thank you, Lena, so much. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great Garth, evening. Yeah, Raf. See you next time. Yeah. My name is Rafael Ruiz, and we we'll talk to you next time down the rabbit hole. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mine Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Dark Mine Radio 2016.